This is Greater Together, a podcast for and about entrepreneurs and community builders in Columbus, Ohio, aimed at demystifying what it takes to build a better business. I'm Rachel Kershaw. I'm here today speaking with Teresa Trost, Executive Director of Community Shares of Mid-Ohio. Hi, Teresa. You want to tell us a little bit more about Community Shares? Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me on. Community Shares, we kind of divide into two halves. Our original mission was to raise money through combined charitable campaigns for our member organizations, and we still continue that mission today. However, in 2016, we decided to launch a social enterprise that we feel like will benefit people who have a charitable project or an idea that they believe will help the community in some way, but are not sure they want to go into nonprofit status. So it's it's a way that they can do their startup phase without having to do all of the compliance paperwork to start with. Awesome. I think that's the side that I, a lot of people don't know about. I think the services that Community Shares provides if I'm correct, and correct me if I'm not, include fiscal sponsorship and then also informed, which is a little bit different. And they're for sort of different stages of organizations. So let's start with fiscal sponsorship. What does that mean to you? What does community shares do for organizations? When a project wants to receive donations or contributions, or in many cases, grant funding, it's required to go through a registered 501c3 tax-exempt nonprofit. And a lot of projects that are starting up obviously do not have that. But by working with a nonprofit who has already attained that tax-exempt status, the nonprofit can act in essence as the sponsor for the project. Contributions can flow through community shares or through informed and can have tax exempt or receive the tax receipts for their donations. Also, grantors will recognize the fiscal sponsorship as a way that they can give grants to projects that are not yet a fully formed 501c3. So we act as, in essence, the project serves kind of as a program of informed, and we monitor all of the financial, legal, accounting, compliance, all of the reporting that happens, as well as offering a lot of guidance and mentoring to the project itself. So just real quickly, um, you mentioned Informed is a social enterprise, but also Informed is a 501c3. I think a lot of people don't realize that you can be a social enterprise and a nonprofit um, because social enterprises make money, right? That is true. A nonprofit can have a social enterprise that makes money. And our social enterprise is called Informed. It is a solely owned by community shares. So the social enterprise at the end of the day flows back to community shares. But Informed itself has two parts. One is the fiscal sponsorship. The other half is the compliance reporting service, which is used by other nonprofits. And I think for the purpose of today's discussion, we'll kind of stick with fiscal sponsorship. But yes, a nonprofit can have a social enterprise that makes money to support their mission. And that's how we've structured it for that at the end of the day, the profits of 
what we do come back to community shares, but it also allows the project to receive funds that they would not have access to. And so just to be clear, at the end of the day, because the profit's flowing back to a nonprofit, Community Shares, nobody's getting rich off this except for our community, right? That is correct, because the funds that we receive back, some of them will support the operations of Community Shares and the staff for informed, but a lot of it we put into advocacy on behalf of our members and our projects. We do marketing and social media for both our member organizations and for our projects that are sponsored. Awesome. So community shares existed, like you said, way before informed or fiscal sponsorship was what you did. So what what sort of inspired you to branch out? Community shares was founded in 1992, like I said, to be able to act on behalf of members in combined charitable campaigns. I was hired in 2011 and came to Community Shares. The board was very intentional that they wanted some restructuring and reorganizing. And quite frankly, for me, that was a fun part of the job because I like those logistics and and that type of work. And by 2013, we had done everything that the board had set out that they wanted to do. And I was like, okay, now what? We need another source of income to support what we're doing. And I had started to hear about social enterprise and thought it was intriguing. So I started to attend every information session, every webinar, you name it. I tried to find out as much as I could about social enterprise and what that might look like for us. And we were accepted into the first class of what was called the Catalyst Program, which was a joint venture of cause impact and social ventures, two of the leaders in the social enterprise world in Columbus. And we went through that program and did a soft launch of our social enterprise in November of 16. And we first started with the compliance reporting service, which is just a way of taking on a nonprofit client and doing their annual registrations with the attorney general, making sure their IRS filings are correct, checking to make sure that their secretary of state is correct. But what we found after a year was, while that is still of interest to some nonprofits, we were getting inquiries from people who had an idea, had something that they wanted to do to benefit the community in some way, but were struggling to try to set it up as a nonprofit because that can be expensive depending on who you have to do all the paperwork. And one had come to us and asked us to consider fiscal sponsorship and I, quite frankly, at that point in time, had no idea what it was. And I told them I had no idea what it was, but (laughs) I would investigate. So I started to do my due diligence to find out what fiscal sponsorship and how is it recognized by the IRS and is a nonprofit allowed to do that. And lo and behold, I found out there's a whole world out there, fiscal sponsorships that are overseen by nonprofits. So it's a thriving industry. It was just unfamiliar to me. Yeah, I think I think Informed was a very unique product. I think your soft launch back in 2016 was the first time I met you. I think I was at sort of the tell us what you did end of the cause impact session that you guys held where you were talking about all the projects from that cause impact class. And I think AFM, Alternative Fashion Mob, was a nonprofit that I was a part of back then. And we came to you for that paperwork. But I think 
if your product had existed a year earlier, we would have come to you to make the 501c3 in the first place because that had been a journey. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It is. And thank you for mentioning that because that's the other piece of the nonprofit life cycle is there are some nonprofits who want to sunset because they've concluded their mission or their mission is no longer relevant or there may be other nonprofits that are doing that job. So they're ready to sunset. And we've been helping some nonprofits do that work as well. AFM being our first one that we did. And I learned a lot through that process. So it's uh, me too. It's just, <laughs> yeah. It's just another piece of nonprofit life cycle that, you know, that we may be able to help with, but the fiscal sponsorship is very intriguing. We're now sponsoring 15 projects in the Franklin County area. And we have two more that have applied to be sponsored. Typically is that for something, us. Do, you, do you take it on year round or sort of, um, is there, I know some things are only done quarterly. How often do you take on new clients on the fiscal sponsorship plan? As when we first started, we were doing them as they came in. We, after the first year of operating and, and finally figuring out all the pieces that went with it, and how they needed to be done, we created an advisory council that reports to our board. But the advisory council at that point was making decisions about which projects to take or which ones to send back and you know develop a little bit more before they were ready. And then we've learned as I have become more enmeshed in the fiscal sponsorship world that legally our advisory committee reports to our board and our board makes a decision about which projects we take on. Our board meets quarterly. We're trying to get that on a quarterly rotation. So every board meeting, they would be reviewing any applications for a fiscal sponsorship. Once the board decides that they will accept a project, there's an agreement that is signed by both myself and as representing informed and community shares and then what are called the project leaders. What are the advisory board or what are you looking for? Like what kind of business is a good fit or what kind of idea, project idea is a good fit um, and what's sort of required in order to be fiscally sponsored by community shares? That's it's a great question. We have members that focus on all areas of aid in, in the central Ohio area, whether it's animal rights protections, LBGTQI, homelessness, hunger, individual disabilities. So as long as the project's mission can align with the mission of community shares, that's the first requirement. We don't accept any project that does not align with our mission. And then we also, what is required of the project is that they have, A, they themselves, they have identified a project leader. They have presented a budget that is reasonable that they have researched and have ideas on what kind of funding they're going to be reaching out for, whether it's just personal contributions and donations or whether they're applying for grants. We also require that they have their own small advisory committee, usually three to four people, and it's we do that so that they have someone that can help them with the ideas as they expand their service offerings. We also require that they will do an annual report. So that means they need to set outcome goals at the start. And then they need to 
to tell us how they've met those goals. I do a quarterly meeting with project leaders to see how they're going and what barriers they're running into and how they create a method for dealing with those barriers. Is there anybody who's ever applied who's been a bad fit or that you had to turn down once they put together all those things? Or Yes, ma'am. The council has declined a couple, and it's because they really were not quite ready. They had not really thought out how pieces of it would work, pieces of their project. And that's where we also come in as part of the mentoring and the guidance because we were able to help them understand, you know, that they may not have considered all of what it takes to do that kind of project that they were presenting and perhaps that they didn't do their due diligence and that there are other programs that are doing the same work as what they were proposing and that they may then be able to themselves work with another nonprofit that's already doing that work in some way and that they can move their project mission forward without creating another whole separate organization. So yes, we've postponed. We've had some that we said not yet. And so they went back and did more homework and they came back to us with a proposal. And we had one that had even done that twice and then were accepted because, you know, once they, they did all the things that we had questioned, they saw too that they hadn't put as much thought into it or they didn't know. That's right. a lot of what happens when you start a project like that. It's just, you don't know what you don't know. And that's how we're able by our questions and by the experience of the advisory council to help them differentiate themselves from anybody else's project so that it is something that is needed and different and not replicating another service of another nonprofit. Yeah. Well, I definitely think back when we were making Alternative Fashion Mob a nonprofit, this fiscal sponsorship option didn't occur to us. I don't think it had been an option through community shares then, although there were some other fiscal sponsors in the area at that time. We just didn't know. And I definitely wish we had talked to you because as you mentioned, uh, it eventually ended up wrapping up and we wouldn't have had to go through how do you close a nonprofit if we had just stayed with the fiscal sponsorship model. But who else? When somebody's thinking about starting a nonprofit, I obviously think Community Shares is a great organization to speak with and looking into fiscal sponsorship is always interesting. Who else would you recommend in the Columbus area that people considering creating a nonprofit should talk to? I think there are several options or several ways to go. There are, as you have already said, there are other organizations that offer fiscal sponsorship. So I think, you know, if that's the way you want to go and you don't feel that Community Shares fits quite that model, and I'll just use an arts program file. Community Shares does have member organizations that are, are in the art world. I do also know that the General Council, uh, Greater Columbus Arts Council, offers a different type of fiscal sponsors because it's through their grant program. But so they have help that they can offer. Another great resource, if people are considering that, there are two that I send people to. One is Legal Aid Society and help advise them on all the steps that it takes to become a nonprofit. And surprisingly, three of our projects have come directly from Legal Aid because they've said, you may want to start as a fiscally sponsored project, and here's an organization that you can talk to about that. The other one is there is a nonprofit 
Law Center. I, I'm not saying that correctly, but it's out of Ohio State University. And they will help nonprofits create their submissions to the IRS to become tax exempt. So they're a great resource, too. If, if you know you're definitely going after tax exempt status, they're a great resource to, to talk to to get that done cost effectively. Accountants and attorneys will help you file the 1023 and all the forms the IRS requires and do all the steps that are necessary to include drafting articles of incorporation. It's, it's not as simple as just signing one line. So I think there are other, other ways and other people for you to talk to. And that is usually my recommendation. When someone comes to me and says, I want to be a nonprofit, my first question is always why? <laughs> you know, and talking it through what is it you're wanting to achieve? And, you know, that's where we come into some of them just want a short-term project. And by by short-term, I mean, usually two to three years, uh, they're done. They did what they wanted to do. You may remember Columbus Soup, which was active Mm -hmm. in the area for about five years. And we served as their fiscal sponsor at the end of the time period that they had determined they had met their goal financially of what they wanted to raise. So, we help them sunset that project, and that leadership has gone on to other projects and nonprofits in Columbus. So those are the best first resources. I know there are others that will do fiscal sponsorship, and I know that there, like I said, there are accounts and attorneys that will help. But my advice when someone says they want to start a nonprofit is talk to a nonprofit first, and is there another way you can go? Fiscal sponsorship is great even for the startup years, the first one to three years as you're getting up and running. Because it allows the project to focus on their mission and their sponsor. In the case of informed and community shares, we handle all of the funds as it comes in. We provide donation links that they can secure donations from individuals. And then we take care of the tax receipts for them. We pay all of their bills. We monitor all of that. And it's all reported on community shares audit and our 99 filing with the IRS. So the project really has only two things to do if they're under fiscal sponsorship. And that's one is to work their project and fundraise. And we try to help what we can with the fundraise by providing vehicles for them. But all of the compliance, the reporting, all those other things that take a lot of administrative time are taken off their desk for that period of time in that startup phase. And then by my understanding, it's pretty easy if you find that this nonprofit is not going to be short term or this nonprofit project, I should say, is not going to be short term and perhaps deserves to become its own 501c3. I don't think there's anything that stops anybody from filing that paperwork after a few years of fiscal sponsorship. Is that true from your point of view? Absolutely. We will help them. You know, they decide they want to be a nonprofit. The first thing is to register as a business with the state of Ohio. And as I said, that's when they need to write articles of incorporation. We have resources that we have helped them with. We have four of our projects over the last six years have become 501c3. So helping them with writing those articles, getting everything set up the way it needs to be, and then submitting the application to the IRS to be recognized as tax-exempt. Then once the project is tax-exempt and notified by the IRS, they present that notice to me, and then whatever funds that we have collected on their behalf then can be turned over to this new 501c3. 
So a fiscal sponsorship can be anything from a couple of months while they're waiting on their 501c3 tax-exempt status. It can operate for several years until the rate of sunset it. It can also, it can be for a lifetime of a project. There are no rules around how long you can have a fiscal sponsor. And then once they're a 501c3, I think if I were doing a new one, I would definitely start with the fiscal sponsor, but I think I would stay with that original informed product with the paperwork for quite a while until until the nonprofit was of a certain size. Because there's a lot of paperwork sort of ongoing once you're a 501c3. As a fiscal sponsored project, you don't have to worry about, but once you're a 501c3, you do. But they can stay on that informed product as well after that, right? Yes, that's one of the things that we offer to to assist them with is once they become a 501c3 and have operated for a year, then they're required to file annual reports with the IRS and with the state of Ohio's attorney general office and with the city of Columbus with a solicitation permit. So those are all things that our compliance reporting service can do for a fee for a nonprofit client. So once they become a nonprofit on their own, we have had them as a client for the, even the first year or two, like you said, until they get to a point where they have the personnel that can take over all of these functions. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a path to getting you up and running and getting everything in place that you need to have in place and not missing some of the important steps along the way that sometimes come back to haunt nonprofits because they didn't realize what they didn't know and they didn't know they needed to file with the city and they didn't do it and now they do. So it's, you know, we try to be that mentoring and guiding and, and trying to help them make sure they're dotting all their I's before they stand on their own. Very, very helpful to have. I wish I had known about community shares back in 2016 before sooner. I just wish I had known sooner. So that's part of what I'm talking to you so that more people will know. But if people want to know, uh, where should they go to get some more information if this sounds interesting? Obviously, they can call Community Shares Office and that gets those calls usually dispatched to me. You can go on our website and submit an, an info and it will come to you. We're in the process of revamping our website so that will be an online application for fiscal sponsorship, but it's not quite there yet. COVID kind of held us up a little bit on creating that. But so they could go to www.communityshares.net or call the office, which is 614-262-1176. Or they can even call my cell, which is 937-212-6111 or email me at Teresa T, that's T-E-R-E-S-A-T, at communityshares.net. Any one of those avenues will get the information and we'll get back with them and set up a time to talk with them about how it all works and what needs to be done. And I send them samples of everything so they know ahead of time what's going to be required of them, what they'll need to do and how they'll need to do it before they ever start. That sounds great. Thank you again for taking the time to talk with me. And uh, I hope this uh, results in a few more people being aware that fiscal sponsorship is an option and that there's great organizations like Community Shares of Mid-Ohio here to help them. I hope so, too. And like I said, I'm more than happy to talk with anyone, even if you just have questions about it. I'm always there. And I really appreciate your addressing this. 
because there are a lot of projects in the Columbus area that people have some great ideas in there. It needs to be met, and they just can't quite figure out how. So hopefully word from this podcast will get to those people, and they can find another way that will help them accomplish what it is that they're really wanting to do. That sounds great. It would be great to see more people getting to do the meaningful work and impactful work that they want to do without getting caught up in the paperwork. You are so right. So I appreciate very much your having me on today. And like I said, it's been my pleasure. And give me a call if I can help anyone within answer any questions that they may have. Thank you, Teresa. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for listening. Visit greatertogetherpodcast.com for more episodes, to recommend a guest, or to leave feedback. Greater Together is brought to you by Greater Columbus Consulting. Greater Columbus Consulting specializes in social enterprises, nonprofits that want to capitalize on their strengths, and for-profit businesses that are working towards a higher purpose. 